Hey, this is Sean from the Wasted Knowledge Podcast. This week, episode 7, we talk to Ty. He is an actor, director, choreographer, producer, uh, 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 bartender, server, restaurant manager. This guy wears a lot of hats, and he is an excellent, excellent conversationalist. He's been a lot of fun to talk to. So in part one, we're going to talk about Dark Crystal and Jim Henson, the Georgia film industry, Burt Reynolds, Oh gosh, and a ton more stuff. We got a lot, of, uh, a lot of talked about with him. Uh, so we hope you enjoy part one. Ty, the director. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, this is wasted knowledge. I'm TC. I'm Sean. Well, you already introduced the name of the show, so yeah. Uh, what is the show, Sean? So this is the show where where two professional bartenders interview a subject matter experts, someone who is a uh, uh, has been. Practicing their craft, their field, what have you, for at least a while. And it's the conversation that you would normally have at a bar when someone turns next to you and says, hey, what do you do? Uh, except guided by instead of two total schmoes, two schmoes that also know how to make drinks. And we are serving those drinks to our guests at as fast a rate as they will allow. Right. <laughs> and see where the conversation takes us. And since we were playing some D&D beforehand and drinking, there, there may have been some, some pre Cast uptake. Are we talking about what we're drinking tonight? We we we, we were going to get there. To, oh, our, I'm sorry. Well, well, first I was going to introduce our guest. Are we, are we using your name, guest? Mm. Okay. Right. Cool. No professional uh, sabotage going on here. I don't think so. So, uh, Ty, introduce yourself. Um, <laughs> Ty Donaldson. I'm a bartender and a filmmaker. Awesome. Graphic designer, producer, director. Uh-oh. Go Anything on. else? Nah. Bodybuilder? No, never been that. Dancer. Gymnast, dancer, actor, singer. Father. father. Scuba diver. Scuba diver. Better Still father than scuba diver. Better. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I love scuba diving. Awesome. All right. I don't think I did the scuba diving well. What? We found something you haven't done, Sean? Oh, no, I, I don't think I can scuba dive, but I also didn't know that he did. But Why can't you? Uh, way too many ear infections. Oh, like yeah. Multiple massive. You can pop yeah. in. Uh, they've got special earplugs. But, yeah, if you can't. Um, yeah. But like, even just the pressure. Yeah. Like if I go from, from zero to ten feet, like it's it's fairly agonizing. Can you fly? Yeah, I'm fucking Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, uh, I was more talking about altitude change. Uh, I can, but there there are times like if I'm if I'm like stuffy, it hurts. or like if my sinuses are stuffed up, it's right. painful. It's wow. incredibly painful. Uh, so like I have to take if I if I am stuffy, I have to take a decongestion before I fly. I've always found it very interesting. I don't. Uh... And we're not even nearly going towards the subject matter of Ty. We've no. already gone off on a tangent tonight. But no. I've always found it so interesting. Sorry if I've shit. been tan- tangenting. So, but I've always found it very interesting because um, I've known a lot of people who have dealt with issues with their ears and such, uh, with flying in altitude, and also dealt with uh, like vertigo and motion sickness and things mm. like that in a lot of ways. And I've never experienced anything like that. So it's hard for me to empathize or sympathize because of the way th- people talk about it like I've gotten dizzy before and I've like I didn't even know what really like being nauseous was until probably a year and a half ago um, 
because I never actually experienced it myself. So I'm always curious about like when people talk about those kind of ailments. So sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Thank you. It's, you know, it's a curse I must bear. I like how Ty is breaking up silently. All right. So, Ty, we'll get back on the subject matter of our guest tonight. So, I was enjoying the bromance there. We know you, Ty, because, as you said, you're a bartender by trade, we, and we've worked with you professionally in that manner. Um, but uh, you also said that you do many other things. So, mm. right now, are you you're working as... Uh, you're working as a bartender actively, but you're also doing filmmaking. Correct. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? I've been a well. I've been in the entertainment industry probably all my life. My uh, mom was a makeup artist, hairstylist in New York, and my uh, stepfather was a sound man. And my father worked for Jim Henson. So um, they've all been in the entertainment industry, and I kind of was brought up in there. I was a PA before I knew what a PA was. You're like, here, take this over there. And I'm like, all right. Another tangent, have you been to the new uh, exhibit? Center downtown. for Puppetry the Arts. Center for Puppetry Arts. No. You mean Henson the Dark exhibit? Crystal exhibit? Yeah. Which opened and had their Dark Crystal Ball on my birthday. I did not know that. You went? Because, no, I did not go. Oh, I gosh. really wanted to go. I really wanted to go. Tickets were like 300 bucks. Oh, and wow. I was like... You know what? I've lived this. I'll let other people enjoy it. That's okay. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. But, uh, no, I did go to the Center for Puppetry Arts, and they had the Jim Henson Museum, and we took the tour. And as I'm walking towards what was obviously the Dark Crystal Room, I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, they're probably playing the making of the Dark Crystal documentary and as I walked in there and I looked to my left, indeed, there was a television there with the documentary. And bam, as soon as I walked in there, my dad showed up, <laughs> right, like, on cue. And I was like, well, of course. Um, yeah, so my father worked on that. And, um, you know, the story I'm told is he he's a special mechanical engineer. He does all the articulation of the hands and the eyes and the faces. And he actually modeled... The lead characters after me and my sister so potentially the lead character of dark crystal is me which i'm like all right that's cool that's awesome has nothing to do with me but yeah i'm like all right cool but <laughs> I, I i love the movie it's great so my father worked on labyrinth and the dark crystal and fraggle rock and muppet <laughs> movie and a few other things just some real low budget never really made yeah, it big exactly films, no big deal yeah and so I finished college and moved to Los Angeles as an actor, you know, singer-dancer. I had done, by that time, two years of summer stock, um, and, you know, I was going to be an actor. And when I graduated college, I was like, all right, I can go to New York and do commercials and some theater and maybe the occasional film, or I can go to L.A. and do film and television and so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And so... Did you go to college for the arts? Yeah, I went to okay. Bard College. Well, I got a BA, but it was in acting and directing. So I, 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 I always say I went to one of the most expensive colleges in the country to go into the least paid professions, <laughs> which is, you know... Well, it's a very, 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 very 
high ceiling. Well, it's a very high ceiling <laughs> profession. It's just also well, pretty potentially, low floor. yeah, it could really it low could floor. Go there. Yeah. <laughs> the American dream is uh, caught up in Los Angeles, which I feel like a lot of it has transmorphed towards Atlanta. It's it is the uh, Hollywood of the South now. I think they call it Yollywood. Oh wow! You haven't heard that yet? Yeah, I oh my not. God! Hysterical! This you got Hollywood, amazing. you got Bollywood, and now we're Yollywood. And, and you've got Dollywood. Let's not. Yeah, that's which, Tennessee. But didn't yeah, you further it's still east there. You go. It's still there, <laughs> indeed. But the now, right, well, right in between I mean, Dollywood. And there's Hollywood. more production happening in Atlanta right now than anywhere else. More than L.A., more than New York. Yeah. Um, probably almost more than Canada, even. As a whole. As a whole. But, I mean, there are benefits in Canada that are still going on. But Atlanta is the only state that um, hasn't put a cap on their um, tax credits. So every other state has some caps or some restrictions on that. Um, uh, So you can still go there, and some people will be able to take advantage of that. Oh, it's worked but wonders because in Atlanta, it's gentrified the shit out of the city and kicking oh, everybody I, out. I enjoy that you no, said Atlanta's in, the only Georgia. state that hasn't... Well, Atlanta yeah, is its, its own state. only state. <laughs> Atlanta is its own like sovereign nation inside of Georgia. If you leave the major metro Atlanta area, you are in a completely different oh, yeah, place. No, things get, not, things get more of y'all really Cheers. quickly. You agreed. We are not <laughs> in Kansas anymore. Uh, I, was, I was kind of... I had a lot of trepidation moving to Georgia, having, you know, been... Uh, raised in New York and New Jersey, and then I spent 24 years in Los Angeles. Yeah, going to Georgia was like completely a foreign place that I was like sort of uncomfortable with. Um, when I got here, like, Deliverance has done wonders for us. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, that's a good transition. So my mom worked with uh, Burt Reynolds. Nice. Did some commercial with him and Dom DeLuise. And above my cool. desk, I've got a wonderful picture signed by Dom DeLuise and a letter that he wrote to me because I invited him to the show that I was doing. And he was like, he very politely declined. Um, and that's above my desk. But I had done a, well, I had done a uh, a movie with his kids. He's Dom DeLuise has three kids. And I did a movie called um, uh, Between the Sheets. So when you open a fortune cookie, you know how like you read the fortune cookie yeah. and you you read it and then it's you go afterwards between the sheets. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. So that was this movie, uh, and uh, I played myself. So they it was at Renmar Studios in uh, L.A., which was the old Desi Lu Studios, which was said to be haunted by Desi, and. Um, so they filmed that there, and I was myself. But just being part of that uh, movie was very fun. And um, and then I was I was in a uh, movie with Burt Reynolds. And I'm you know a lot of movies are hurry up and wait. You're there. You're waiting. So um, Burt Reynolds played a sheriff, and I'm right. there as a reporter. And we're just hanging out, waiting for everybody to get all their technical stuff together. And I said, you know, you may not remember this, but you did a commercial with my mom. And I, at that point, I think I remembered the actual commercial. I don't remember right now. And uh, I was like, you're in a commercial with uh, my mom, did the makeup for it. And he's like, oh, wait a second, your mom's Dossie Donaldson. And I was like, 
Yes, he had actually remembered her name. <laughs> Meanwhile, she had passed away like six years ago, and he asked, like, you know, how's she doing? And I was like, well, you know, she passed six years ago. And he was like, oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. But, but he, he had remembered. Been, he remembered her name. That's pretty impressive. It was pre- for my like, mom was pretty impressed. Yeah. Well, that you know that's, that that says that is part of it. I'm sure, a hundred percent. Because I was going to say, because I mean, it somebody like Burt Reynolds has met and thousands, thousands of people, probably thousands of makeup artists, you know, and, absolutely, and and people in his industry. So to remember that, yeah, she had to be pretty impressive. That's no, impressive I, I, I was. Uh, very humbled by that moment, but he yeah. was really, really nice, generous person. That's awesome. Because honestly, if I think when I when I what I know of Burt Reynolds and what I think of what I see of Burt Reynolds, like he seems like he'd be one of those per- people that is just perfect to be like a complete asshole, like in his real life. You know, uh, my but that's, experience that's like endearing, like that he's yeah. not. He's a really good guy. A lot of the people in the industry who understand that it's such a fleeting thing are also humbled by where they are. And I think those people do understand and are just very gracious and good people. You know, I've, I've encountered a few people who have been yelling and screaming and think they're deserving of things and don't care about other people but besides themselves. And it's, it's sad to see. But um, I want to say a good deal of people are cognizant of where they're at where they are because of other people. So, well, I mean, where we used to work, we had an A-list celebrity peeing in the bushes in the garden. <laughs> it was insane. And I won't say the celebrity's name nah. because... I can't remember if it was one of two. <laughs> it was a female celebrity. Oh. I can't remember if it was one or two, so I don't want to slander right. somebody mm-hmm. incorrectly. So I won't say who it was, but sure. it was an A-list, A-list female could, celebrity. Could, do you, uh, could you quantify or qualify whether or not, uh, was it like movie, theater, TV? Movie, movie star. Some, so it's a movie Big star, time movie star. Big time female movie star. Yeah. Uh, were they blonde? Big time oh, blonde oh good. movie star. They're both blonde, but that's it. I'm not going any further just because, like I said, I don't want to slander the wrong person. But that it was just, and they were kind of like, I mean, they were just having a good time, I'm sure. But it was kind of like, this is a nice spot. Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that? And then we had, we had like, I've had, I've seen a couple like B, maybe even C listers come in and act like they were like the shit, the shit. Yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, here. that's always amusing. I, I have dealt with that. Even in L.A., there's so much talk. People who are people just talk, 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 and they're like, oh, this person, that person. So, and like, yeah, that's good. Being in the industry, as long as you have, you've obviously rubbed shoulders with a lot of famous people, you know, in, in different aspects of the word, as sure. for sure, whether it be, like, big screen famous or back or behind-the-scenes famous. Well, I was stand-in for um, Patrick Swayze for a film. A it's film? amazing. Mm-hmm. Can you say which film? I honestly don't remember which film. 
That's right off you know, the top of my head. And this is the I, other thing. I, all I know me. is he was a trucker. We were downtown Los Angeles. They called me in. They needed me to stand in for somebody. I'm like, all right, cool. I think I knew the first AD, second AD. And uh, like, oh, it's Patrick Swayze. Cool. You know, and and subsequently I ended so up what working is stand with Standard. So, because I think a, like stunt double, I think like body double, something of that nature. When sure. you say standing, nope, not at all. Actually, right. it's really lame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a standing is somebody who, because they're a star, they they're not going to be there the whole time. In order for a star to step into a scene. That scene needs to be lit. The camera needs to be in the proper place. All the other people need to be in their places. They have to know what they are. So they get a stand-in. Somebody who's roughly their same size, shape, you know, looks like them to a degree. And you literally just stand in for them. So here's Uh, the important part where I was getting at, though. Yeah, yeah. The important part to this, so you said, looks like to a rough, like looks like to a rough I don't degree. Look like Patrick's. I mean, but did you? No. Ty, no. You can I brag was, about that. That I stood in for Patrick. That he's a like, stand-in for Patrick. I'm basically. So it's like, I mean, it's I'm like, basically I Patrick don't look, Swayze. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing it's like you're like a mannequin substitute. Uh, ma- completely right. mannequin substitute. I was uh, maybe an inch taller than he was. Um, Maybe, uh, but you know, physically, I was probably the same. We were both dancers, um, and um, uh, had the same body build. But that's it. I mean, that's what they're looking for: dark hair. You know, nothing. <laughs> was this like a? Was this like up and coming Swayze, heyday no, Swayze, no, no, no. or he going was, downhill this is, Swayze? This is. This is I'm way past uh, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like, gosh, 94, 95. Hmm. You know, and then I ended up working on a uh, a play with Don Swayze, his brother. Oh, um, I, I feel bad. I have no idea. I had no idea there was a Don Swayze. I mean, you probably have seen him. He's probably been in all of Patrick Swayze movie, oh. movies. I mean, they look... They're very familiar. Like they look like each other. Like, oh yeah, they look of like course, brothers. that's his brother. Absolutely. Um, and he's a really nice guy. Um, and but he does a lot of theater and does a lot of movies. So, but no, I, I had um, I uh, he had done a play where I I videotaped that play and and just been there through a number of the rehearsals and um, nice guy. So, your real passion for the industry, though, is more behind the camera than the I filmmaking. like the whole process. You love the whole process? I love the and whole process. And when you say filmmaker, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, filmmaker, like, you like to be part of um, all of I, it. It doesn't mean director, producer, or actor. It means... Well, I think people who put on the hat of filmmaker... Uh, it includes a lot of hats, and it's easier to say filmmaker than just do the hyphenate thing. So uh, I'm a good producer. I'm a really good producer, line producer, UPM, production manager, all that producer stuff. Um, I'm a director. Uh, I went to school for acting and directing, So, uh, and I've directed a number of theater as well as uh, other things. Um, but I've done... 
a number of different positions in film. And I just love making movies. I love being on a set. Uh, I feel at home. Like, when I'm on a set, I know what people are doing. I know who they are by where they are. So if I were to step on any set, I pretty much know, you know. You can get a gist of everything real fast. The grips from the art department, from the script supervisor to the director, assistant director, second, Hmm. et cetera. Um, And you need all those people. You absolutely need all those people on a set. I mean, uh, the more uh, when everybody's doing everything that they should be doing and they're all working together, and your set is humming, you can get through so much. Absolutely. I, I, I like being the creative, you know, and seeing something that you've worked on actually come to life in front of you and you capture that moment and then you uh, take that in the post, it is uh, definitely a, uh, an amazing thing. How much do you like to have input or control like that post process? Uh, um, for me, you know, again, it's a collaborative space. It depends on where I am in the process. Um, there's so many different dimensions on that. There's the technicality of it. You don't want to ever compromise on that. So the technical aspects of what you're doing and, and you want to trust the people that you're working with. And I, I'll always trust them and I'll oversee and make sure that what they said to me, that's what's going to happen. It happens. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't like to micromanage. I just like to uh, confer. I want to make sure that people are doing the things they say they're going to be doing and we've talked about how we all think it should be because if you leave anything to chance <laughs> inevitably that that moment that thing that you never talked about because you just assumed people would do in that manner that's going to be the place that it just crumbles it really is but if you just have that conversation with your crew um, saying hey just want to make sure this is what I need, this is what I need, this is what I need. And they're like, yes, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Terrific. Great. Get that to me. And then you can, like, hands off. So you're a bartender as well. Yeah. And you've named off a whole bunch of different jobs. And for some reason, this just popped in my mind. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> what are the, like, and it, you, some of these could be stretches. <laughs> but if you were to take... <laughs> take this position in the filmmaking realm and sure. it's parallel in the restaurant world. Okay. So like director, producer, I got actor, you, I got you, I got you. grip. Like what you what want the, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun actually. I yeah, like exactly. that. I, I thought it'd be fun. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go there. Absolutely. So okay. Producer is the owner of the restaurant. Hmm. Okay. okay. Um the director is a GM. Now, why though? The give me, DP give me like a real is the quick chef. The, D, uh, the director of photography? Yeah. Is DP the is a chef. Okay. So it's like, but, yeah. But the director is a GM. So the GM. So can we talk about where we were? Oh, yeah. We've mentioned it. Oh, yeah, we've mentioned so, it. So, um, I mean, if they ever want to sue us, great yeah. publicity. Yeah. Right. Hey. <laughs> um, so at Canoe, Vince is our GM. 
his vision about what canoe is and how it operates and what it does mm. guides the whole shebang. If Vince says yes, that's what it is. And if Vince says no, that doesn't happen there. That's a director. So Vince is a director. Mm. The DP, who frames everything and puts in and works with the director for composition, that would be the chef. That'd be Matt. And they kind of, they kind of have, they put out the final product too. Absolutely, to they extent. put out yeah. the final product. Yeah. So then you got your first AC. That's your sous chef. You got your second AC, and that's your second sous chef because you probably have more than chef one. Here's that's your back end sous yeah. chef. That could have been um, tuna, Maggie. Maggie, yeah. sure, Maggie. Hmm. Uh, tuna is your first AD. You know, he calls it. And when the director's not there, he makes things happen. Um, so, your bartender. I don't know. Your bartender, I'm going to say, is your production designer. Okay. Because that. it creates yeah. an environment? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> creates the environment. I'm, I'm getting this. Yeah, yeah. Creates the environment and then uh, flavors everything. And because it... It all goes down. So whatever your wine list, whatever your all that bar stuff, you know, that flavors the rest of the thing. And it works in tandem with your DP, your chef. So if you've got all that going on, so your waiters are your crew. They are your your grips and your electrics mm -hmm. and your uh, set dressers. And your actual, like, camera operators and your well, lighting. Well, your camera operator. now you're talking about... Um, your, 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 your runners. No, you're, oh, no. you're, you're behind the line now. You know, you got your people on the grill. So your production designer, no. Um, hmm. so your, um, hmm. not, your not, set dressing key, all your keys are now behind the line. So you get your set dresser and your PAs are certainly your dishwashers and your bussers, but you need them. Oh, they're, they, they're just as vital as everything else. There is nobody that's not vital else. Exactly. They wouldn't be there. Absolutely. No. But, I mean, if we're doing the correlation, there we go. Who, so, so, I, so I'm laughing because I'm like, so does that mean like the exact transference between the two industries is that the server, the server wait staff are the actors and actresses? Um, potentially, yes. That's a, that's a good way of looking at them. I Absolutely. didn't mean to put, to, to put no. anything in your mouth, but no. like, is that? But you extrapolated that comment. Absolutely. What about? It's a, what about it's the, accurate. The host, the front desk. Oh. See, in my mind, narrator. You narrator. Okay. Mm. I was thinking, makeup publicist. For some reason, mm. I was thinking more like they they they. Create... I know. All right, I'm going to go into a whole another space, but I'm going to say that person, the sous chef is also your makeup artist. They're heads of the departments because what you see when you sit down at your table, now bartenders, you know, they're the set dressers also. You know, there's a lot of... Um, Multiple hat things absolutely. going on again. On that front, yeah, when you're talking about a restaurant, if you're going to, you know, they're going to fill a number of uh, consistently... Um, oh, God, especially if you eat at the bar. Yeah. Oh. I no, feel no, like that's bad because I actually enjoy people that eat the bar. I'd rather be there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can get your tabs up. <laughs> um, 
It's more funny just to talk to someone for more than five minutes. Uh, uh, I, th- I feel like I, th- I like this game. I feel like we should play it more often. Mental, no- uh, mental note production. Well, you need note. someone that yeah, as long as they know the bar or the restaurant industry. Even that, we can always explain it to them. Like, hey, we got this person. This is what they do. How, what would that be in your? What's the equivalent in your industry? So your bricklayer. Is yeah. like your pastry chef. There you go, one hundred percent. Now your pastry chef is sort of like your uh, wardrobe. That's wardrobe department. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Pastry's all because, about dressing it up. And, yeah. And, what and, I mean, it's the final moment. I mean, if you if you would take the experience, and they love of pretty eating, frilly things and bright colors. So that's the, right, pastry chefs. The difference I between watching a movie, you get your audio and visual. Versus your eating, where you get your sen- the other sensories going on. You've got your um, smell and taste. When you when you're sitting down at a meal, um, the departments that you're looking at in a film, you've got makeup, you've got wardrobe, you've got um, uh, set dressing. All mm-hmm. of those things come together. So set dressing would be, you know, how the plate's laid out. Yeah. Um, play settings, whether it's someone's wearing an apron, if your staff is set to uniform, you know, versus like their shirt tucked in and the shoes are dark. That's a whole nother level of that, but sure. <laughs> well, like, but like, that's something like of the visuals. When someone looks around the restaurant, like if I notice when my server is not dressed the same way as everyone else. Sure, of course. I, I mean, it partly is because of that service background, but. Yeah, what? Well, I, you know, well, you I turn went that to... off sometimes to really enjoy yourself. I wish I don't know. If once, I can. once, you, once you've been in the industry for so long, like to really enjoy yourself going out, like you have to turn that off and just enjoy the moment. If somebody does something atrocious, that's like that's one thing, or something that's something to ruin your experience completely. But so we went out to. I a... critique everything so often. I have to be like, yeah. never mind. I'm turning that off. We went to a restaurant out in um, San Antonio, Texas, and it was right on Riverwalk, and it was like a really nice restaurant. It was a prefix, so you could do three, uh, a three course or a five course, and so we went for the five course. Like, let's just go nice. for it. And we did all the add-ons on that. We got the charcuterie afterwards uh, or beforehand and then, like, the dessert afterwards and all that stuff. Um, So we were there for probably four hours total. And the food was impeccable. The servers were really personable, very knowledgeable. But Canoe spoiled me because... I'm here, I'm eating my first appetizer, you know, first course, whatever, and they're already marking me for the second course. And I'm like, I'm not done with my course here. Why are you marking me? (laughs) And it was just like, I understood that that's just what they did there, but it wasn't what I felt was, like, appropriate or natural. So, yeah. I mean, mean, like I said, and I... I appreciate everything that's given me, and Canoe's been a huge part of that, but everything that has given me the knowledge I have and the expectations I have. But you got to shut it off sometimes. That's also why a, a lot of times, beyond the fact that I just love, like, just absolutely love a good bar, but it's another reason why I always eat at the bar. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in, unless it's like a special occasion and I want a little bit of like, um, what's the privacy, I guess. And I want to uh, be sure. just me and my guest or me yep. and my multiple guest. But unless that's the occasion, then I almost always eat at a bar because it is, no matter how formal the setting you're in, it's going to be less formal. Mm. And no matter, and it's going to have, yeah. you're going to give more leeway to it so I don't have to worry about all that. <laughs> And working behind sure. the bar, yeah. I, I liked. I enjoyed working behind the bar at a fine dining setting because you could also do that. You could be like, "Hey, if this is what you want." Like, right. well, I think that I you, got it. But we can also just be friends as a bartender. And I'll still I still get you that all that you, fancy stuff that's coming off the menu. I'm sorry, as a bartender, I think that you have a really great um, place to be able to uh, assess the situation and go. Am I needed to be in this situation, or do they really want me to just step back and provide a service for them? Well, I probably said this before on the sh- on the show, even, but I've definitely said it. Could have edited. It's that. one of it. my things, but my favorite thing because I've served and bartending, and I've gone back and forth, and I know a lot of people who just once they got the bartending, that's all they did forever. And or they only were ever server and this and the other. But I've done, gone back and forth, and I love both of them for different reasons but the biggest thing that i've ever pulled and the dynamic for me it, the biggest difference is the dynamic and the dynamic is always for me as a server you're always going to the guest table as a bartender the guest is coming to your bar and it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship um and, and you can see it in people. When you go to the, you end up interrupting their conversation when you're a server and you walk up at the wrong time. But mm. when people are having conversation at your bar, you're never really interrupted. Now, granted, you can interrupt, but you're always there. You're always present. And they're in your space. So for you, you're always you it's an inclusive space. It's inclusive. You interject. Exactly. They understand that you've been paying attention to them, not because you're being nosy, but because you're waiting to hear from them exactly. if they need anything from and you. That and that dynamic and is just... if you interject into their conversation, they're more acknowledging of it because they're willing to accept that you know something more about than where you are. And this thing, like, you, as, a, as a bartender, you're more of a host. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so there's more of a responsibility in that sense. Yep. And then as a server, you're more of a server. Like, yeah, you're just bringing them it, the it's, experience. It's kind of weird, but, like, following that analogy, like, does it... And we've already acknowledged that that bartender might be a couple different roles, if not multiple, multiple, multiple different roles. But it almost sounds like like a like a conductor or a choreographer for uh, for your diners or for the for the people that are showing up. Like you're you're always paying attention to them. You might be guiding them. You might you're you're, you're basically not like always in front of them, but you're always with them. Well, a conductor is a good. Ex- um, I mean, the conductor is the whether it's the uh, bartender or the host or the manager on duty at that point in a restaurant, they're also your first AD. They're your, they are your director. They are um, the experience of what's going on in that moment. I mean, for that matter, honestly, when you were talking about actors, 
if you were to make a film to restaurant comparison, your actors could actually be your guests. That I was going to say, but they're also the consumer <laughs> and the viewer. Yes. But they could Absolutely. also be your actors. Absolutely. It's well, reality if, TV. I mean, honestly, if, uh, more than that, more than that, <laughs> that's, I don't that's like gross. reality television. You just broke but it. But you are correct. It's reality TV. But more than that, your guests that come to a restaurant are the audience. They want to be included in that space. They so, are your actors when they when an so actor the is on stage. of an improv show. Even a movie, your <laughs> actors are your conduit to the audience. I mean, there is an audience because those people that go to movies connect with who is on that screen. That connection is right there. And those audience members are your guests at a restaurant. So for some reason, this has been a tangential show anyway. You just <laughs> I just got reminded of a idea I had in the past and with your experience in the industry. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering it may and honestly it, it has to have already been done. Whether it was done successfully or not, I don't know. Maybe you sure. can tell me or maybe you can tell me if it sounds like a good, but what do you think about, and I don't know when, I, I don't know how messed up I was when I thought about this originally either, but what do you think <laughs> about a, a a theater show, a play? Right. So far, so good. But it's a choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> so I, 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 you, I know that there's like... What was that? Polling um, equipment and stuff that you could use, so we could you could do it that way, or you could even have people just hold up signs so, at different stages. All right, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna jump something. into I'm gonna jump into here. Have you ever I'm heard gonna, of anything like yeah, this? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, damn so, it! I, I, I'm never original. You always think you are. No, nah, well, you always think you are. It, it is the. <laughs> There's, there's so many things that are going on right here. Uh, at once, I'm thinking of. Um, uh, Point Break Live. Uh, at once, I'm thinking of um, most of the Shakespeare productions, um, but then there's, yeah, um, uh, Tony and Tina's there. wedding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got uh, interactive spaces. So, what you're talking about, on some level, I mean, there's the Choose Your Adventure, and what's the the original? One that was Dungeon something? Yeah, I, I, Dungeon Keeper. Dungeon Keeper, you're dungeon right. Dungeon Keeper, yeah. Dungeon Keeper. So you got this Dungeon Keeper, and you get to a door. Do you go through the door, or do you go to your right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you choose what path that's 100%. laid out in front of you. I was, uh, Dungeon Keeper's great. I was thinking more along the old, like, books that I used to read. Right, right. But yes, yeah, it's like, uh, turn to this page. or things like that. Yeah, if, if you choose yeah. this, turn to this page. If you choose this, turn to this page. But, Space fires, Space vampires, yeah. 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 Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, theatrically, uh, there have been a lot of experiences with that, um, and uh, I think um, just that experience of choosing and having the—I mean, because obviously the choices that are given to you have been pre-thought out, so the you can then create the extrapolation of that choice, uh, and so theater does that really well. Films. Um, uh, yeah. Not so much. Right. It hasn't been. I mean, films in, in, incorporated into games. Yes. I mean, Dungeon Keeper is exactly one of those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I go back to Point Break Live. Um, 
So, are you familiar with the film Point Break? Yes. And we're going back again. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And um, they did. They just did a remake. It was horrible. I can't remember I, what they called I, it. I didn't but. see it, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> but they did a, a Point Break Live. It was a theatrical space. You would go into a theater or a um, uh, a scenario. So some places it was at a bar, and it was a theatrical event in a bar. And the whole thing that happened, um, they auditioned audience members for the lead part. You remember who the lead was in... Point Break? No, no, off the top of my head. Keanu Reeves. Yes, yes. Really? Yes, it was. So they they, uh, auditioned audience members with cue cards. They had all the cue cards. Just like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of like my point, and yeah. I'm going there, so I'm, I'm going to go I'm there still. No, that's okay. No, that's perfect. So they auditioned all the audience members, and the audience got to uh, vote and go, okay, this act, this audience member is going to play the lead role. <laughs> and they are incorporated into the um, play. So now the rest of the actors are there, and they will... They go from scene to scene to scene in this, and the audience that were there, they hand out uh, ponchos to everybody, because if you watch the movie, there's, there's a lot wave. of like um, gunplay. Oh, yeah. And all the guns are water guns. Nice. And so they all <laughs> spraying down the audience, and you're there with a, uh, you know, a poncho on, and you're getting like killed with all this water. And it was very funny. As an interactive experience, uh, Point Break Live was great. It was just really... Uh, I'm sad uh, that I never knew about this. It was really fun. And it the was... new Point Break movie was actually called Point Break. They didn't even change the name. It was so bad. <laughs> sad. Yep. Um, well, see, because I was thinking, for me, and this is just like my wild tangent thought, I like I t- said before, I was kind of thinking more... A little bit more along the lines. Like, I know there's been interactive theater, for sure. But I was thinking a little bit more along the lines of, like, the old Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm-hmm. Where you started out, and then you came to a decision, and you picked one of two or three choices. And then that choke made you go to a different page. And then you read on from there. Yeah. Sadly, and the only there was the only extrapolation of that experience has gone on in um, theater. Um, where you can do a little bit of that in the extemporary space, or porn, <laughs> where they've taken that to a whole nother level. Nice. There's choose-your-own-adventure porn. Actually, that just sounds like one of those, like, please play this porn video game <laughs> on one of those random, completely not porn sites that I've seen them on. Um, <laughs> no, but I wanted, I wanted to do this choose-your-own-adventure theater. And I wanted to do it in a sense where sometimes, like, that first decision you made, the next page you went to was like, you fall into a pool of sharks and you die. Yep. And it's over. And I would love to have a theater show where, like, if the audience chose the wrong thing, (laughs) it was done after, like, the first 10, 15 minutes. And everybody's going to be pissed. 
But they also they chose it. It's their fault. And yet now you're gonna buy another ticket and come back and choose something different next time. I think it's marketing genius. I'll agree. Yeah, yeah. And I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. But I also think in this day and age of uh, trolls, even though they most of the time they don't leave their computer chairs, that they would go out to these kind of places and pick that one that ended it immediately on a regular basis. <laughs> Wait, so they'd be, they'd be real life trolls. Oh, that, that's what I. You know, that's, before the internet, I, there were trolls. I was. And that wraps it up for part one of Ty, the director. Thank you for still listening to Wasted Knowledge. Uh, if you want to say hello to us, please tweet at us at Wasted Knowledge Podcast. Send us an email at wastedknowledgepodcast at gmail.com. You can always find the latest episodes the fastest at wasted-knowledge.blurberry.net. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash wastedknowledge. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please stay tuned. We'll have another episode up next week. And, of course, please, as always, drink responsibly and get a safe ride home. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.